everybody. This is Patrick Pollock with the Everyday Teacher Podcast. We have made it to episode seven, uh, which is amazing, and uh, been getting some really good feedback, so keep it coming. Uh, I want to hear from you things that you like, things that you didn't like, things you disagree with. Let's have that conversation. Uh, I'm really excited today to have my boss, or one of them anyways, on the podcast today, Mrs. Angie Coville. Uh, Angie is the director of high school at the California Virtual Academy, and we'll kind of dive into what that is. Um, but uh, Angie, thank you so much for joining us this morning. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, I, hey, it's it's an honor when you get to have uh, the, the boss on, and, and you, <laughs> you be careful with what you say, but it, it's going to be a good conversation. <laughs> so um, let's just dive right in. And uh, so how did you... What was your path into education, and then how did you end up in the position that you're in now? That is a fascinating story, actually. I started out um, working in the wine industry. I have my degree in biology. I love science, and so I was like, what am I going to do with a science degree? I'm either going to go into winemaking, which was my first passion, and my second was I want to teach. I was going to teach science and uh, but I wasn't so sure about what grade levels and what I wanted to teach exactly. And my mom was advocating for me to be a teacher because it's so relaxing and you have summers off. And so clearly there were some missions there. Yeah. But uh, I started out in the wine industry and I just decided, you know, after kind of going through the labs and, and I really loved working in the labs and I loved getting in there and, and doing right. that, you know, really technical stuff. But I ended up going back and getting my teaching credential. Um, we moved back to where my parents were living out of, you know, left Napa and, um, and then got my awesome. teaching credential. So awesome. Well, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories where wine and education are like <laughs> hand in hand. So it's like, they really go well it's, together. <laughs> yeah, I think it's actually one of the classes you take when getting your credential is, is wine. Um, is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so with that, so that's, that's awesome. I think, you know, following your passion can, can lead to open other doors uh, for sure. So how did you become the director of high school? That's gotta be a, an interesting story as well. That's another long one, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, I started out in teaching second and third grade. And uh, when I first started teaching, my mom went to a psychic and her psychic said, I know you never thought the story would go there, right? Um, her psychic it. said, your daughter, it, is she, she's in, in education, right? She's in, I'm like, yes, she is. And um, she's, oh, she's, she's not going to be teaching for long. She's going to be in administration. And I laughed because there was no chance. <laughs> That I was going to be in administration and it was like yep I told you these things aren't real um, right. so a couple of years later I ended up at Kava uh, my daughter was born and I had a friend that had gone to Kava and she's just loved it and had only amazing things to say about how we could personalize learning for kids and all of sure. these things that we really wanted to do in our classrooms and I was so excited and so I taught with Kava for a little while and a curriculum specialist job opened up in science, which is my nice. passion. And I had all awesome. my lab experience and I really wanted to go with it. So I ended up in a curriculum specialist for science role and taught science. And in those days, um, it was the curriculum specialists that were teaching. And then the oh, okay. teachers were really supporting one-on-one -on -one with families. And so gotcha. I taught science for fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade for uh, a <laughs> few groups. years, four years or so, and wow. worked with all the teachers. And so that was really cool. And then I ended up moving to the Title I department and teaching okay. small group math instruction. And then a lead position opened there and I had so many ideas. And, and so I jumped into that position and then ended up um, working as the lead teacher of Title I for a while. And then moved into, um, I adopted like the FAST program. We grew the intervention right. program to be a, a fairly substantial program. We had sure, about 20 teachers by the end of it. And then um, I moved into the FAST department and started working with student engagement and making right. sure our kids were you know, supported. Not only it was kind of all, that, all around kids that are struggling sure. in intervention versus, you know, academically versus social emotional. And so we tied right. those together and I became the director over that. And then stepped into the high school position last year. So um, oh, wow. there was a vacancy. So it's, it's been a journey, but it's it actually, yeah. I have been loving this high school position. Well, that's awesome. No, and I think what, what's great about that story, and I think far too often, and in, in, I guess you got to take this with a grain of salt, it, the, the people that get into education right out of college 
have no experiences to draw from. It doesn't make them bad teachers. It doesn't diminish their positions in the world. But I mean, I got in education. I was in my mid thirties. I had spent 10 years in corporate America. I started in sales. I was a product manager. I did marketing. I worked for a mom and pop shop. I looked, I worked for a billion dollar corporation. I was a director of sales and you know, all those positions and experiences prepped me for the classroom. So when I got in the classroom, it was just like business as usual. Um, the medium was a little different, but the, what I needed to do to get my job done, it was just using different vocabulary. And um, I think it's so important that people recognize their journey. And, and it's obviously you recognize your journey, you've appreciated your journey. And then as a result, there's now this exuded passion in what you do. And, and sitting in meetings with you, I, hey, I'm on board. If you told me to stand on my head for 30 minutes, because that's going to increase test scores, boom, I'm standing on my head. I've got fine. And I know that's not everybody, but I'm gonna try you know, that. <laughs> yeah, it's a whatever works you know I think that's something that we <laughs> no no let's no longer be conventional right um so you said a, you threw a lot of acronyms out there which you know we love our acronyms said, in, in education <laughs> no don't be people need to need to, to deep dive in but we're gonna unpack some of this here in a second what exactly is Kava California virtual academy what what is that space because i think if the pandemic has forced people to utilize online learning and and for those of you listening um angie had a number of opportunities over the course of the the, the last few months of school to go on you know television to talk about the virtual learning versus distance learning and you know that in itself is its own podcast but it, let, let's kind of break down what California California Virtual Academy really is and then how did the pandemic impact the school so if I mean that's a lot I mean but that is a lot but yeah <laughs> but you know this, this, this yeah go ahead and, and tell the good people what what Kava really is so California Virtual Academies is a group of nine charters we are TK transitional kindergarten all the way up through high school um, we graduate a about a thousand kids this year, um, which was amazing. That was the coolest graduation yeah. ceremony, even though it was that was awesome. It was so cool. So it's nice <laughs> to see those kids. Like they're real Absolutely. kids. They're really graduating. It's so cool. Um, so we are a group of nine different charters. Our charters are regional and they serve specific counties. So for example, Kava at San Diego serves San Diego County. Kava at Sutter serves Sutter and Yuba, and uh, I'm going to blank on them because I'm on the spot, but in Placer, right. like those can't, the yeah, counties yeah. touch it. So it's the county that it's chartered out of plus the contiguous counties. Um, we serve almost all of California from the Mexico border all the way up to almost right. Lake Tahoe. So we serve, right now we have about I'm going to say 13,000 plus or minus enrolled wow. at the moment throughout our schools. Um, it's, it's probably a little bit higher, to be honest, because of sure. sure. So uh, we're growing significantly in this time. And I think that's the biggest impact of the pandemic that we'll get to. Right. But, Absolutely. Uh, as far as our school itself, you know, we are, like you said, we are a virtual school model. We are not a distance learning model, which has, has been confusing for some. Yes. And so they, yes. they have experienced distance learning in their district, which is right. really what I call emergency learning. <laughs> so, I, I, I concur. I, I, and I think right. I'm like most, yeah. no teacher went, this is the best thing for kids. And they right. just did, so many teachers did an amazing job putting something Absolutely. together with no experience and no training. And right. I was really impressed with so many things that came out of, especially like my kids district is what I had them right. with. I was really impressed True. with what they came up with in yeah, three weeks. Me too. Absolutely. But, but it's, we are different. So our virtual model is students working through curriculum. They have a, you can consider the online school like a virtual textbook. They log in, they go through their lessons, it tells them what to do next. It's pretty scripted. Right. Um, it's very specific and easy for kids to follow. So at the TK5 level, you'll have a lot of interaction with your learning coach. And your learning coach can be a parent, can be a, uh, a parent or guardian, it can be a neighbor, it can be right. grandma, you know, an adult sibling or somebody at any level. Right. 
Um, but all of those kids, a lot of it is teacher directed in the online classrooms. Teachers assign all of the work to the students. We use one curriculum across our school. Um, so it's all, it's, it's not a pick your own and, and right. do your own thing. It's not, we're not a traditional homeschool. We are very right. much a virtual school model. And right. so the, the biggest difference is we don't have a school site that you walk into. Your school site is your home. So sure. there are teacher directed lessons. There are parent directed lessons at the younger grade levels. And so our little kids will spend about, you know, 70% of their time or 80% of their time working offline, uh, not on the computer with their families and about 20% of their time or 30% of their time working online. And then that transitions right. more and more until you get sure. to high school where you have about 70% online and 30% offline. I'm right. just an average. And so it, but it's all very, um, it's very teacher directed and teachers are making sure that students are learning those standards. They're responsible for making sure students are assessed and learning. Um, they're yes. responsible for making sure they're progressing through their courses <clears throat> and passing and graduating. Right. And you know, it is, it's something that I, I, I was talking with a friend of mine actually the other day, he, he was an administrator um, at, a, at a private school down here in Newport beach. And we were talking about mission statements and I, and I love, I love our, 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 one of our mission statements, it's a, you know, it says the core philosophy of the California Virtual Academies is that all young people can achieve academic excellence if they are provided rigorous instruction, high standards, informed guidance, and individual attention. Although we use the computer as a learning tool, we believe that education is prim primarily a human endeavor that relies on caring individuals, involved parents, and committed teachers. And I wish every school adopted that almost word for word. I mean, just because when you are preaching this mantra and you say it again and again and again, and you're in, and teachers are provided with skill sets and tools and students have, you know, choice learning opportunities, they, they blossom and we see it time and time again. And um, yeah, I've, again, I've been only with, Kava a short time, but it's been a blessing. It's been a great experience. I know just understanding the environment, understanding these directives, I, I think I've grown as a teacher and, and I think it's just like where we're going next uh, is going to be an exciting ride. It, it really is. And, and, and to your point that you made about dealing with your students, your kids, school district, you know, same thing with mine. I've got the twins are going to be 10 next week. Can't believe that. Um, and how quickly their teachers reacted and responded and fired up the Google Classroom. I mean, the, the you know, they shut down on March 13th and that, that Friday the 13th, well, that day that will live in infamy, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, that next week, they, they, the teachers had a teaching break to get prepared, which that's a great call by, by the district. And I was like, no, you don't get a break. So I created a Google Classroom. I was hammering them with lessons. And I'm like, no, they're, they're, you have spring break coming up. That's your break. And my kids were not happy. And then my seventh grader, you know, she's in the honors program at her junior high. And her teachers, it was like a seamless transition. They, they were already using Google Classroom pretty religiously, which is great. So it, it, some teachers struggle. The teachers that spend time every morning at the copy machine, struggled they just did you know uh and those who have already embraced technology even at a baseline level you just have to step it up and um again our our environment is so unique in, in that regard and to see um see what's uh you know what the transitions are so so let's talk about traditional classrooms versus virtual classroom for a second um what are the some of the challenges with students and and one that you're really going to enjoy what are some of the challenges with the staff because <laughs> the, these are i mean because i mean i'm for those at home i'm i'm talking to angie through zoom you know and <laughs> it's, it's not like i can walk down the hall and sit down and be like hey how's it going right. um um i'm pretty sure if she see me coming the door would close um <laughs> but with, with that being said you know what are in you know what are some of the challenges that 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 we have with students and what are some of the challenges we have with staff you know i think ultimately what it comes down to is trust 
Um, no one knows what is going on behind closed doors. And even though we say our doors are always open, by nature they're closed because unless right. they're open, you have to be in Zoom for your doors to be open. So right. we don't exactly. have this face-to-face, -face, you know, let's walk up and see what's going on and, you know, pop into classrooms. And, and so there is a, I think, a natural, I think you have to really train yourself to be able to say, everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Our students are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Let's trust but verify. Is that something right. that we have been saying at our school for, for a long time? And right. so I, from my approach, and this is, you know, one of those, it, this is challenges, I think, with for both teachers and students, that we have to assume the best of intentions all the time. We, right. we have to assume that students are here for a reason, that parents really believe that this is the best place for their student. And when a student is struggling, we need to figure out the why behind it. And that is incredibly challenging in this environment. Because if you can't get them on the phone and you can't get them to show right. up, what are your options? And right. so you know, we have in the past, <clears throat> knocked on doors if we needed to, um, especially during testing season. We tend to yes. be like, hey, you might have heard my name from somewhere. Um, so, road trip. <laughs> those were the good old days. Oh my gosh, we had so many testing road trips. It's, it's actually testing season is a lot of fun and I'm kind of bummed out we missed on it and missed out on that this year. But <laughs> but is I think our biggest challenge is is having that trust and right. and then being able to verify when we are not sure what's happening out there. Um, another piece of that is just making sure that students are engaged. It's really easy right. to get up in the morning. It's like when you diet. It's great. I'm in get up in the morning and I have got this and I am gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna do everything I need right. to do. And then the kids are like, I've got this, I'm logging in. Ugh, oh, this is hard. And so yeah, exactly. And they, they tend to, you know, they drop off during the day. Right. Where, you know, they start their semester off Absolutely. fantastic and then they drop off. And you know, I'm sure you've seen some of that. So yeah. that is another challenge is keeping those kids engaged. October is that month where we tend to see a slide. Yeah kids come in yeah. they hang out for about six eight weeks and they're like oh this is right. getting hard so the excitement has worn off that honeymoon phase of the new year has right. passed and now what so right. um, making sure they stay on track is a big one and then relationships is is one of our more challenging ones too and that's another piece it's it is actually shockingly easy to build relationships with kids in this manner right uh, but you have to be able to interact with them and get them on the phone right. and get them into Zoom and get them into their classrooms. And so if right. they're not taking that step to meet you halfway, it's it's a lot right. of work on our end to make sure they know that we are here, that we care, that we want them here. Sure. And if they go away and they're ignoring us, we're not going to ignore them. We're going to be relentless. Right. We're going to track them down. And then right. we want you to come to school. So it's like the Terminator. I'm not going to give up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's, yeah. that is a big initiative. Our, you know, our Kava is a school where kids can grow and connect and, and we intend to live by that in every possible manner. That's what's driving everything that we do. Awesome. Yeah. I, it's, it's interesting. It's just talking about connections and, you know, when I uh, accepted the position back in September, um, people close to me who I consider, you know, good friends, mentors, you know, that are teachers as well, one of their biggest concerns for me was that human interaction piece. And, you know, I, I, I'm the court jester. I, I am very antiquey. I'm in your face. I'll do flips or jump on desks or my captain, my captain, and I've done it all. And um, because, you know, I, I'm going to make those connections with my students or, or die trying anyways, a little extreme, but Hey, um, <laughs> it's, but, I did find, and this is where I drew back on my sales experiences. You, you got to get them talking about them so I can understand them. And I'm a big believer in that. And, and to the point, and I'll share the story. This just happened yesterday. I got an email from a former student who actually was done after fall semester for various reasons. And she emailed me and said, Hey, Mr. Pollock, um, I'm going to this other uh, academy. It's, it's actually almost like a, it's, it's a cadet academy preparing her for the military. And she's like, I know I messed up. I know I didn't do what I needed to do, but you were like one of two people that actually really, really invested in who I was and tried to help. 
you know, would you be willing to, to write me a letter of recommendation? And I'd be like, absolutely. You know, these are the error of my ways. Here are the things I'm trying to do now. These are the directions I'm going. And you could see she had an epiphany at some point, um, whether it was, you know, her parent, you know, parents or whoever putting the, the thumb to her or just, you know, just one morning woke up and said, hey, I'm not grooving in the space that I'm in. I got to make a change. And when I hear stuff like that, whether it's from students, or even from colleagues, you know, I get fired up and I want to, I'm going to just, I'm going to lace them up and I'm going to hop in that foxhole with you and let's go. And I think it's, it's really important that those relationships are, are, are really the things you need to establish most. Content is content. Standards are standards. But if you don't have that, that bargaining chip, as I like to call it, with your students, you're, you might as well just talk to the mirror because that's the only person that's going to be paying attention. So, so I believe firmly in that that there is yeah. one if you have one caring adult all you need is one so if you can be right. that one caring adult in that student's life imagine the impact we could have and at the high school right. level at least at our school we have seven caring adults in many cases yeah. so no that's that is just such an amazing opportunity that our kids can have with our teachers and our teachers really do make the effort and i've seen over and over again examples of kids that have come back and you know i'm seeing them now actually over the summer because they can't reach their teachers so they're emailing me right. <laughs> so, sure yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. tell so-and-so what i was doing doing and I really just wanted my teacher to know that this happened right. and can you put me in touch with my teacher because of this and so really <laughs> cool to see all of the relationships that are being built and just to know that yeah. we are continuing to focus on that is is really a positive in this environment yeah no for sure for sure so being that you're in a leadership role you know it, it, again how valuable and in, in you know, valuable may not be the word, but how valuable is leadership <laughs> in the virtual space? I didn't mean that as a knock. <laughs> um, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and purple folder conversation. How valuable is leadership in the virtual space? And can it come from anywhere, not just administration? I firmly believe it has to come from everywhere but administration. <laughs> right. Um, I am a firm believer in leadership and not management. Uh, right. And that's my, my instinct is that everyone's doing the right thing. People have the best of intentions until you prove otherwise. And I've seen very few cases where they've truly proved otherwise that there's right. no understanding or, you know, something right. has happened. But we all are doing what we believe is best for kids. And so right. sometimes we may not see eye to eye on how that works, but there right. are definitely opportunities, you know, as a leader, I, my role is to guide and, and nothing right. else. I have right. a team of leaders under me. I have a large group of teachers under me. And, and my role is to guide towards student success, student achievement, right. and get our kids to graduate career and college ready. And so making sure that people understand the why behind the things sure. that we are trying to accomplish and you know the different initiatives that get put out and we are known for constantly evolving and changing and we have to right. in our environment and that's one of the great things about having a virtual school is that right. we can change quickly and so right. we have this ability to kind of you know regroup restart and okay let's try this this time and we can make tiny tweaks and sometimes big tweaks but um, right. really really doing what we can in a virtual space, I feel like is easier sometimes to make sure. those pivotal changes. And so sure. my role, I feel like is to explain, you know, where are these changes coming from? Why are we doing them? Let's get, let's dig in and let's see what we can come up with together. And so right. a lot of what we did this year, and I know, you know, there were a lot of changes to our program the right. beginning of this last school, the 1920 school year, I'm right. very confused on my school years in the center here. Um, and then moving into 2021, we were able to have focus groups and talk to teachers right. and, and really try to, to have it, you know, everything that we do, we have great ideas in leadership. I will admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we go. Another, another. All of my right. ideas are fabulous. Uh, but, but ultimately, 
I'm not right. the one on the ground. And so right. I can say, I think this would work fabulously this way. This is the way I would do it hundred percent right. every single time. And you bring that to a group of teachers and the teachers are like, you know, I see where you're trying to go with this, right? but in reality, let's think this through. Right. And so having that feedback, that's where the teacher True. leadership really comes in and, and having teachers, you know, it's actually something we're moving towards next year is having more opportunities for teacher leadership on each right. content team because and it, you know, grade level teams and the younger kids, I speak very much about high school, but you know, all of, all no, of working towards this right. next year and having more teacher voice because it's really important to have the people that are working directly with the children helping right. to guide your decisions that you're making as, at a macro level. And there's no way for me to make every person on my staff happy. I can right. do my best. Uh, I feel like we've, we've done a pretty good job going to 2021. <laughs> at least I, right. I hope we've done a pretty good job, right. at least coming up with some good compromises. But that True. would never happen without our teacher leaders that are on the ground that are talking Absolutely. to other teachers when I talk to them. And, and so we have this network that we're building out. And so, you know, having right. that for leadership at any level, no matter what leadership role you're in, I don't care if it's education or otherwise, I feel right. like leadership is very much a, a guiding pole rather than True. a management force. And if you are managing things, I feel like you're going about wrong in my personal right. opinions <laughs> right yeah you, you know it's it's it, and that's why people uh, you know when when we use the term classroom management like that's like a perfect example where if if you've created an environment where the kids feel safe they trust you um you're not managing anything you're all in the same boat you're all rowing you're all going in the same direction and and that's great. And I, and I think, you know, the one thing that I saw from the beginning of the school year, even through, you know, spring, which was a challenge due to a number of things, but the, the willingness of leadership in general to ask very specific questions about directions and thoughts and ideas from we, the teachers. And, and again, I, I find that, that, again, that shows me that leadership sees value in what I'm doing, in what I'm bringing to the table. And everybody brings something to the table. That, that's, it is a big table. It's not the kitty table. It's not the <laughs> right. grown-up table. It's, it's a big <laughs> table. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, very, you know, very Arthurian, you know, very round. You know, everybody's equal. We all have a say in the matter. So let's, let's, let's dive it out there. So in, you know, and again, as we were talking before, you know, I, I feel the value, I feel valued. And I think that's something that, you know, leadership, no matter what form it comes in, that needs to be, that, that needs to be like an aura, right? It should be emanating from you that I value you. And I think when we value our students, they're going to run through walls from us. When we value our employees, you can come to me and be like, hey, Paul, I know you got 101 things. Here's 102. And, but I'm like, sweet, throw it in the fire off I go to the forage and I'm hammering away. You know what I mean? It's, it's just the way I got it. I got to approach that. And, um, I, I, I meant to send this to you earlier. There, there's a, a coaching corporate guru guy. His name is Tim kite and, and he hosts a podcast called focus three and he's got a great 15 minute blurb on leadership. It's the five E's of leadership. And I was listening to that. I've listened to it like three times already. I mean, I'm just, really trying to, you know, engage, equip, encourage, you know, all these E statements. And it's just what you just described. I've definitely witnessed and felt in, in the space that we're in. So, oh, but again, it's, it's, a good, it's a good listen. And this is not me brown nosing people. This is just kind of how <laughs> I feel. Um, so, right, so uh, speaking of new initiatives, all right, you had said that, can't make everybody happy. Totally get that. Um, earlier in the year, uh, we spent at Kava, we spent a day, two days actually, in professional development with a gentleman by the name of George Kuros. And he wrote a book called The Innovator's Mindset, Innovate Out of the Box. Um, tremendous educational guides. And it was really awesome to be able to listen to some of the things that he said and, and our, our leadership team bringing him in to give us perspective because, you know, the experts can offer perspective. And um, one of the things that he talked about actually in his podcast called the Innovators Podcast, is how do you get teachers to buy in? And, and I know we've got some new things rolling out in the fall, 
and I'm ready to go. But there might be that reluctant teacher. And he shares a story in the podcast. Let me share the story real quick, like, and then we'll kind of answer the question. Sure. He said that when he was a principal, um, he was trying to get his teachers to blog about teaching practices and their experiences in the practice, really a reflection piece. And again, we can spend an entire podcast on reflection. And one of the things that he talked about, he had this one teacher that was just like, eh, I'm not going to do it. You know, it was, you know, she dug her feet in and she wasn't going anywhere. So it not, you know, his goal was trying to get everybody to, to do it. So he, he, he spent the day in her classroom watching her teach. And, and he was totally upfront. He's like, hey, look, I'm not here to judge you. I just want to, I'm, I'm spending time watching my teachers teach so I can figure out how I can support you. And uh, he sat in the back of the room and he was doing emails and work, but he saw this teacher, her interaction, her passion, the way the students responded to her. It was like gold. You know, the, the, the angels were singing, oh, you know, it was just, it was just an amazing academic environment. So afterwards he said, you know, look, I am blown away by your classroom. He's like, would you be interested of sitting down, talking about the things you do in the classroom, and then we can come together and partner and write, come up with some best practices. You speak, I write, it's our gig. And she was all over it. So with kind of keeping that story in mind, how do you get your teachers to buy in? What lengths might you need to go to get everybody on the train? Because you don't want to get left on the station. That's a lonely place to be as that train pulls away. So how do you get buy-in? So that is a really tough thing to do. And it, it is very much in how you roll things out. Right. Um, just as an example, the beginning of last school year, you know, I came in as a new director and we had no time. You know, the way that this school year kind of rolled out, I, I spent a lot of time in 1920 planning with teachers for 2021. We had a lot yeah. of different things happening. And there are definitely times where, you know, we have a leadership summit over the summer and we end up something new comes out of it and we have no time to gather teacher feedback and we just have to move forward. Right. Uh, but for the most part, if we are growing and changing as an organization, that needs to be done collaboratively. Um, when I came in as a new director, I, I kind of just had to come in and here's what we're doing. And this is, you know, this is really, these are the initiatives that we are moving forward with. Right. We're going to plan these out as a leadership team as best we can, but we had no opportunity to gather that teacher feedback and, and get teachers sure. on the bus, basically. Right. Um, and so it took, I think, until March, until I had some trust built up with teachers again to where I could start saying, okay, I understand this isn't working. We're trying it. We're going right. to see how this is going. We're really going to give it a, a full try and we're going to mm -hmm. use that data and move forward. And so a big piece of that, in addition to just gathering that feedback, is really making sure that every single person on your team understands the why. Why are we doing this? What is right. the data behind this? What is the science behind it? What right. is the research pointing towards this is the reason we're making this change? This is the sure. reason why we're moving in this direction. And, and so building that foundation, you have to have great communication and consistent communication. Right. And that's something organizationally, everywhere I've ever worked and been, communication is the one biggest crutch, I think, that, sure. that people have. Um, so communicating consistently, explaining that why, I think is huge. Um, Anthony Muhammad is a, another educator. He works with the PLC movement, and mm -hmm. he was talking a lot about building consensus and responding to resistance. Uh, and right. that why, he's, he attributes 70% of your resistors, once they understand that why, they're right. going to be less resistant. They're going to be more on the right. bus. More, okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. Right. Um, and then you have to build that trust. You, know, you have to have empathy. You have to understand what teachers are going through and what your leaders right. are going through. You know, at, at this point, you know, at, at my level, at least I have my principals, I have my leads, and then we have teachers. And so having those layers between me and my teachers, I need to make sure that my message to my principals and my leaders is really strong and consistent sure. through the board so that that's getting communicated as well. And so right. 
And then I have to show my teachers that I understand where they're coming from. And the leaders have to do that as well. And I think our leadership team is good at that. And, and even, you know, I see growth in all of these areas constantly. Um, the, the second piece of that is just being extremely organized, having a plan. Making right. sure that, right. that the plan is, is fairly foolproof. I mean, things right. are going to go wrong. You're going to fail, and and we right. learn from failure. That's that Absolutely. is the whole purpose. That's education, right? right. Um, <laughs> in general, that's what we tell our kids. We have to be accepting of that as adults too, and and showing right. each other a little grace. Like that's that is huge. Understanding that we did. Everyone has the best of intentions, uh, but you know, being that being almost neurotic about how you are organizing and and making right. sure that when you're rolling something out your organization at my level my organization and how i keep up on my tasks and the right. things that are important trickle down and so being being really organized i think is important to getting that buy in and trust and then um having a plan for building capacity and support when things aren't going well right. and you know you want things to go a certain way or you know teachers are struggling with you know how to schedule this or you know how to sure. fit this into their time what is your plan how are you going to support those teachers and it, that support needs to be immediate it can't it can't be something that you say right. okay i see you failing three months from now and you know you're struggling and you're crying every day <clears throat> like this is, right. this is not the way we want our staff to be. yeah exactly you yeah heavy, heavy weeping is not a positive learning skill right there right. yeah right and then lastly accountability is a big part of it that Absolutely. there has to be follow-up and so so many initiatives start out and then trickle and you know no one goes well i'm giving up on that and that one died um it's usually a slow fizzle because there's not right. those those pieces aren't there and so you go and you're excited about something <clears throat> you explain why we're doing it you're getting people on board and then that accountability piece is missing and so teachers don't really know where they stand and is it really important because there's a lot of things right. to do over here and and so that's how you end up an initiative failed and at that point you're losing trust because yeah. <laughs> you don't. When the next initiative rolls around, they're like, yeah, yeah. that'll pass. So yeah. you have to have consistency. You have to have that accountability piece built in. And no one right. loves the accountability piece, but no. at the same time, that's right. what. That's how we know where we stand. That's how we know if we're winning right. the game, right? <laughs> so right. Yeah, and it, it's it's so, like on that. Yeah, on that accountability piece, it's like, um, you know, I I I, I grew up with the 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 mentality that if the coach isn't yelling at you he doesn't know you're on the team you know what i mean and and then again you, you can't do that today you yell at a player you yell at a student you know you're you're shunned to the to the, the to the night's watch right so um it it's one of those deals where uh what's been great is knowing that i have i, I know what the 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 ladder looks like you know and but then i've got side card pieces you know my i have my regional lead who was amazing uh you know i'd always say hey, can i get five minutes and 25 minutes later we've solved all the world's <laughs> problems and, and she answered my questions and, and stuff like that which was amazing and then my principal who was very accessible and when she wasn't she made that perfectly clear look i'm i'm stuck behind closed doors if you will but i'm answering emails let's get it dialed in you know, and it was more of like, hey, I don't know the answer to that. Let me find the answer to that and go from there. And then even transitioning, you know, now Becky being my, you know, admin uh, going to DCA, you know, same thing. I'm, I'm pinging her on, on, on Skype, you know, yesterday. Hey, when's parent-teacher conferences? If this is going to affect my teaching. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, that's not the question I asked. <laughs> Get me answers. And, but yeah, hang on. Let me find that out. So boom, here you go. Um, and then again, having a level of accessibility to, you know, the visionary, if you will. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to give yourself that title. I'm the visionary, <laughs> but, you know, but understanding the, the, where the plan comes from and, and then how that's supposed to work down. And then the sidecar pieces that I've been blessed with my instructional coach, um, Andrew, who's amazing and, and him and I talk all the time and we've got a great relationship, um, but there, there's intent in everything we do and that feedback, good, bad, and ugly is, is welcome because there's that trust. And then my curriculum specialist, Angie B, you know, again, just another voice. You can do this, you can do that. So it, it feels, it, 
from a teaching perspective, a teacher perspective, it, I, I feel there's a level of confidence when we roll things out because all the pieces around the individual are, are informed, given a directive. This is how you support. This is how you discipline, whatever it is. And now it's just me digesting and how whatever talents and things that I have and possess, how do I now bring to that table that we talked about? And then off we go. And I think that it's been, again, refreshing, you know, when you come from a big, big public, small private, um, and to have like, here's the, this is the, this is the how, this is the why, this is your rule. This is what happens when it doesn't happen. And where do we go from there? So it's, it's been, again, for me, and again, I'm, I'm the new guy, right? Probably not the best person <laughs> to ask, or maybe the best person to ask, who knows? Um, but it's been very refreshing that when things are rolled out, to me, it seems very clear in what is being expected of me, and then what I need to do to, to, to reach that expectation. So, so again, I might not be the best person to talk to. Uh, <laughs> right, so I one last thing, because I, that, though. what's well, that? Just, just yeah. as a, as follow-up I think a big piece of that is, is the trust that you mm -hmm. talked a lot about the relationship really that you've built with sure. all of these people around you and supporting you and and right. that I think that has to go both ways too I think we have to you know the accountability piece is there but the accountability right. is more of a scoreboard you know how are we doing how, how are you doing <laughs> right. assuming that everyone is moving in the same direction the trust has to go from leadership to the teachers and from teachers to the leadership it has to be two ways and right. if leadership doesn't trust their teachers you're not going to see the same response and so no, making sure true. whatever accountability measures you have in place demonstrate that trust as well and it right. through a supportive <clears throat> follow-up rather than punitive i think that's a, a big piece for any leader in any business anywhere yeah, no, that, that, that's great. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, at the end of the day, you're only successful as of the, the strength of relationship that you've built and relying on that strength to guide you toward whatever the vision is. And, and with that being said, I, I want to take a look at this quote. I know you, you got some, you got a few minutes left here, so I'm, I'm sensitive to that, but yeah, you're in fine. speaking, in speaking of vision, um, over spring break, because I was technically off. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I participated in a, um, it was called the, 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 the Positivity Summit, or something like that. It was through um, a, a buddy of mine, a coaching buddy of mine turned me on to it. And it was just these short five, seven, 10, 15 minute webinars from all these, you know, positive people. For, for lack of a better word. And, and one of them was this, this gal by the name of Darlene Santori. Uh, she goes by Coach Dar. And uh, her gig is she works with a lot of professional athletes, the mental aspect of the game, um, a lot of CEOs. And she has this quote that, that I just really, really like. And it, and it goes with a lot of what, what I think we talked about. And a lot really ties into our mission statement as well. It says, when you have vision, you have purpose. When you have vision, you have purpose. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how would you, how do you interpret that to what we do at Kava or what you do as, as a director or what the expectation of your people are? If you have yeah. vision, we have vision, you have purpose. I'm, I'm laughing a little as you're saying this only because this is such a focus for us right now that, that we are, we are having these discussions about how there is so much data out there. There are so many things that we want to accomplish that it's getting spread so thin. It's hard to see, you know, Oh, do we want students to learn and grow? Absolutely. Um, right. Do we want them to build relationships? Absolutely. That's our ultimate goal, ultimate vision. But the goals that we've set to get there have been so vast that and and so new you know so numerous that it's hard to say okay wait what are we actually trying what is our vision what are we trying to accomplish right. and right. so we're pulled in so many different directions that it's hard to find that purpose and so um we're actually that's i think that's so important to have such a clear you know this is our vision and how we're going to get there and making right. that vision specific um, i feel like that's really important and such and i that is one of those things with leadership, you know, we've talked a lot about leadership today, but I, I think that's one of those things. Teachers are leaders in their classrooms. Students are leaders among their peers are, you know, leaders right. in administrative roles are clearly in those roles, but having that 
vision and understanding where you're going drives your motivation. Sure. And so if you are motivated because just by knowing, Hey, this is the goal I'm trying to reach, right. having that goal in front of you and tangible, something that is, mm -hmm. you know, saying that all students will achieve, that's, that's not tangible to me. If we say, right. you know, every student will make X number of growth by this date, that's tangible. That's something we can right. reach out for and we can finish line there, you know? Right. So having that big picture, understanding that why behind your vision and how, <laughs> what does it mean when you get there? What does that vision actually mean? Mm -hmm. That will drive your motivation. And I think that's, that is a key for our students in our school in this virtual setting and any school implementing distance learning or some type of virtual academy sure. next year that's the number one thing they have to work towards for their students is what is their goal? A daily goal, a monthly goal, a yearly goal, right. getting those kids to really understand what is Absolutely. their timeline? What are they working towards that day? Yeah. And, and, and it's funny. It, as I was on my walk this morning, um, clearing my head and bringing coffee to my wife, um, <laughs> Good it, <laughs> I've been trained well. Uh, it's, uh, again, I was listening to another podcast and, and they were talking about winning the moment. All right. That was, that was the theme. And, and again, this is this focus of the podcast that I love listening to. And again, being a coach for 12 years and, and at the high school level and at the travel level and a varsity coach, it's like, you know, you find yourself making statements like this, you know, we're going to win tonight. That's, that is so broad. That, and that, that tells me nothing about what you're doing, you know, and, and, and what they were talking about in, in this, in this thing this morning was you can't make statements like that because in some cases they're not tangible, you know? Um, but can you say, Hey, can we do X, Y, and Z consistently throughout the game? Absolutely. Cause those are things that you've worked on every day in, in practice and in, in case, Hey, can we write a really good thesis statement? Well, of course we can, because we've, we've read, we've read, you know, primary and secondary sources. We've used graphic organizers to prioritize and organize our information. And now we're going to come up and rephrase the critical thinking question and say, Hey, uh, I believe prohibition, blah, 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 blah. All right. We can do those things. Those are tangible things. I'm just not going to come out and say, we're going to write an essay. And the kids are going to look at me like, oh, essay, Pollock, you're killing me. <laughs> you know, they're already like, exit, exit. I can't exit fast enough. <laughs> you know, and, and I think, you know, with, with, with this vision statement, vision has to be specific. And, and when it's specific, it, then you can act purposely. Your intent can be purposely. Your motivation can be driven to where you can reach those tangible things. And, we live in an instant gratification society. All right. I, I want touchy feely. I, I do, you know, I want bubble wrap, click, 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 click. You know, I, <laughs> I want the, I know. I, I mean, I, I want the, the fluffy blanket. I want the soft pillow. You know, those are things that can help us drive that vision home. And I think um, it, it's something that I, I believe when you have vision, you have purpose. I, 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 it's like if I just woke up and say, Hey, what am I going to do today? Well, I'm, we've had those days, <laughs> but, Absolutely. <laughs> and, you're, and, and let's be clear, you are allowed to have those days, but there still should be some placard sitting in front of you that reminds you of the things that you need to do to be purposeful. And I think, I think so far, um, I feel like I have that in this space. And again, this isn't me trying to score brownie points, people. Uh, it's just, it's just kind of how I am. And it and, and, and doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm a team, I'm a team first guy. It's we over me any day of the week. So, but, um, all right. So I know you've got some things to do on this fun Friday morning. Um, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, no, I mean, again, this, the, the whole purpose of this again is to kind of peel back the curtain and see what the wizard's up to. Because I think if anything, <laughs> the pandemic has shown us is that there's a lot more that goes on in the educational world. And it spins very fast. And the access has changed from moment to moment. And, yes, that is um, true. <laughs> and I just, I, yeah, and I just want people to, to understand the things that, that, that educators deal with, whether it's an administrator, a guidance counselor, a teacher, the janitorial staff, it doesn't matter. It, 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 they all play a key role 
in everything we do. So again, thank you so much for being here. And I'm sure I will see you, what, three weeks in theory? August oh, is 6th? that it? Oh, I have so much to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry for the reminder. No reminder. Yeah. So a couple things just to uh, throw it out there for you. Um, sure. The a lot of what you're saying aligns so well with the professional development we're doing with all of our leadership staff right now. And right. you might really like this book, but I, I love this book and I, this is what it's, it's the four disciplines of execution. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it or read it, but it's, no. it is all about this vision and purpose and executing this vision. And, and it is right. a fascinating book. So if you okay. read and you're bored, you can check it out. Right. Um, no, for but sure. I think, I think it's awesome. And it's, awesome. it's, it will explain a lot of, you'll hear this a lot during the school and you're gotcha. going, oh, I got it. But, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, but yeah, I thought I'd share because you, seems like you'd enjoy it. And uh, no, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm all about that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, Hey, I, I want to be, I want to train myself today to be better tomorrow. I mean, that's just yeah, something that, this, I just, I absolutely love this book. Achieving your wildly important goals. He calls them the wigs. So we're going to have wigs. wigs next year. I like that. <laughs> nice. And another acronym. Awesome. I love right. it. Right. Oh, your wildly awesome. important goal. So that should be awesome. fun. Um, awesome. Yeah. A lot well, of, a lot of what we're talking about, it has a lot to do with this book. And so. Right. Okay. Awesome. All right. It's I've, I've, I've taken a mental note. I'll hop onto Amazon when we're done here and, or, and download it to my Kindle and add it to my list of things. And yeah, so. it's a good one. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Hey, that, that wraps up episode seven. Again, just another gold standard episode. Again, I've been, I'm very blessed to have whether I'm working for in this case or having relationships with teachers that have done a, a great number of things, a lot of things that are shaping uh, lives. And, you know, that's the big part of education is, is doing what we can to the best of our abilities to give kids opportunities to be successful. And fa failure is not a bad thing. Failure is a great thing. It's, it's the best teachable moments that we can have and, and taking those failures and turning them into successes. So um, I just want to thank uh, Angie for joining me today. I have uh, have a great weekend. And uh, for those of you who are listening, keep learning. We'll talk to you soon.